All right, good morning, good morning. Paradise, where is your paradise? Maybe your paradise is kind of like this first picture here. Maybe your paradise is, is, is like this picture, like this picture, like this picture, like this picture. Lydia, Lydia, Lydia. First picture, first picture, first picture. There we go. Maybe your paradise is like this. You're sitting on a beach. You're getting read a really good book. You're feeling the, the cool ocean breezes coming on, on your face. You can smell the salt water. You're opening up your favorite beverage, you know, your beverage of choice, you know, here yeah. that we're here in church, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So maybe that's your paradise. Where is your paradise? Maybe for you, maybe this is Paul's paradise since he showed us his golf balls. Maybe Augusta National Golf Club, getting the chance to play that, that golf course where they play the Masters. Masters next weekend. Spring is here. Spring is here. Getting to, getting to play Amen Corner and, and turn that corner and see the azaleas and smell the fresh cut grass. Maybe that is your paradise. Maybe, maybe your paradise is this. Comic-Con. Maybe that's your paradise. A few weeks ago, I thought we were going to lose half of our church to Comic-Con in Kansas City. So, you know, thankfully, it was just one family. We're going to have to reassess next year. Maybe we just have church at Comic-Con next year. Maybe that's your paradise. Maybe that's your paradise. And if you're like me, this is your paradise. Skiing. This is Winter Park, Colorado. I believe this is up at the bowl where they do not groom the runs. You get six inches of fresh powder. You get the sun to come up and melt away the clouds. You feel the wind beating against your face. You hear your skis going through the fresh powder. Mm, that's paradise. That's paradise. Where is your paradise? Paradise is more than just a place. We all have a place of paradise, but your paradise is more than just a place. It's a thing. Paradise is a thing as well. It is, well, can we say it is your happy place? It is your happy place where you go to be happy. And really, a lot of times, a lot of times we recognize, we recognize our paradise, paradises, paradise I, paradise E, paradise, yeah. I don't know. Our paradise, we find out our paradise by the songs that we like. There's a song that kind of made a hit lately. The music's good. It's driving. It's a, it's a beat. But, but also, I believe it became a hit because the lyrics, the lyrics, I believe, connected with people because it is a song about somebody's paradise. Now, inside of church, we go, oh, take me to church. This song doesn't have anything to do with church. See, Hozier wrote that song about his paradise about his paradise. What's his paradise? Well, let's take a look. Every Sunday is getting more bleak, a fresh poison each week. See, he grew up Roman Catholic or Irish Catholic, where he said in interviews, it was a dry, dusty, hypocritical church. See, as Christians, we don't, we don't need to listen to these lyrics and hear these lyrics and find out what's bad with them. We need to find out what's inside people's heart and have our heart break over the fact that people feel like they have to go find their own paradise because they have experienced dry, dusty church. Where's his paradise? My church offers no absolute. She tells me worship in the bedroom. The only heaven I'll be sent to is when I'm alone with you. His paradise is sex and sexuality. I didn't get this because I read into the lyrics. I got this from his interviews. And some of you here this morning, you're in church, and so you wouldn't necessarily admit this out loud, but you say, yeah, 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 I'm with Hozier. That's my paradise. I had to go find another paradise because I'm used to dry and dusty church. That's 
my paradise. But I'm not, I'm not here wanting to judge you this morning for a couple of reasons. One, if it wasn't for Jesus, that'd be my paradise as well. Because what this song tells us is this. Everybody has a worship service. Everybody has a worship service. Everybody has a church, a place you do your worship service. And everybody has a paradise. And wherever our church is, that's where our paradise is. Wherever our worship service is, that is where our paradise is. That is where our happy place is. See, the other reason why I'm not here to judge you this morning is because Jesus talked about paradise in the most unlikely of places while he was dying on a cross. See, he wants you to know about paradise as well. So we get a chance to peer into the story that's 2,000 years old and see how today we can learn about the paradise Jesus wants to give us. Luke 23, 39, one of the criminals, we know him as a thief, hanging beside him, scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, we've got three guys dying on a cross. See, the thing is about dying on the cross is that it's, tortu- it's a torturous death. Every word you say, every breath you take is excruciating because the nails that go through your wrists and through your feet going through nerves. And here, the first criminal, the first thief, he's living in his thief's paradise. What is a thief's paradise? Getting something for nothing. Taking somebody's possessions, but not giving them anything in return. That's the thief's paradise. That's how he got on the cross. But his pride, his hubris, his insolence says that even though I'm on this cross because of my thief's paradise, I will not give up my thief's paradise. See, he's still wanting something for nothing, isn't he? He's still wanting for something for nothing. Hey, 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 if you're the Christ, if you're so special, do a pretty cool trick. Get yourself off this cross. And hey, while you're at it, give me something for nothing. Get me off this cross too. See, maybe we're like the first thief. Maybe we're like the first thief. See, we don't create our own paradise. That's created for us by Satan. Maybe, maybe you don't believe in Satan. That's, that's all right for this moment. But let me tell you about Satan. He's a guy that, not kind of a guy. He was an angel. He's, he's, he's a real thing, real being. But he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He created, he created a paradise for you to chase after. And when we chase after our paradise, it's like, a, it's like an oasis in the desert. And we chase after our paradise. And we dive into the waters because they look so cool and refreshing. And we start drinking of the water. And we start grabbing the grapes off the vine. And we start grabbing the fruit off the tree. And we're just shoving it in our, in our mouth only to realize that it's a mirage paradise. It's a mirage. And we're really just shoveling sand into our mouth. But some of us are like the first thief. Or some of us, some of we're like this kid. We're like this kid. We're eating sand like a boss, baby. I'm going to eat this sand. You can't make me not eat this sand. But we're just like, mmm. 
I'm in my paradise, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad you're here. And I want you to come back, and we want you to come back week after week after week. Why? Because we want you to be more like the second thief. Well, maybe like the second kid. <laughs> I realizes sand is dry and dusty, and it makes you thirsty. See, isn't that what the second thief is like? He's like, hey, bro, don't you realize our thief's paradise is what put us here? Hey, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hey, 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 look, 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 look. Would you just remember me when, 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 when you're in your kingdom? Look, I don't need, I don't need a, a position. I don't need a seat at the table. Just when you enter the room, can you flash me some deuces? Look me in the eye and flash me some deuces. Let me know that you remember me. That's all I need. Would you do that for me? Think about the faith that it took for him to say this. Think about the faith that it took for him to say this. They are minute, hours, if not minutes, away from dying on a cross. And he's telling Jesus, hey, look, 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 look. I don't know how you're going to come into your kingdom. I don't know what your kingdom's going to look like. But when you get there, will you just remember me? Flash me some deuces across the room. Would you do that for me, please? That takes some pretty incredible faith when you're dying on a cross to say that. How did he come to that conclusion? We don't know where he came across Jesus, but as I was studying this and thinking about this this week, you know, everywhere Jesus went pretty much, there's thousands of people around him. And when there's a mass gathering, what is also in the mass gathering? Pickpockets, right? Not that any of you have done that before, but inside of a mass gathering, there's pickpockets. What if, what if, what if, while Jesus was teaching about God providing your needs, if you just follow him, he's providing for his needs by, by taking something for nothing. What if while Jesus was doing miracles and performing miracles and, and telling people through the miracles God's going to provide for you and God's going to heal you, he was providing for himself by taking something for nothing. And that's what ended up putting him on that cross. And then on that cross, it came all flooding back to him. All the things that he heard Jesus teach while he was pickpocketing, all the miracles that Jesus did while he was pickpocketing came flooding back to him. And he goes, wait a minute. This guy, this dude, he's got something. He's got something. He's going to have a kingdom. I don't know how. I don't know how to become a part of it, but I just want you to remember me. What did Jesus say to this? He could have said. He could have said. Remember you? The guy that used me? The guy that used me? To steal from people? Are you out of your mind? But he didn't, did he? He could have said, he could have said, fellas, I'm just trying to die here. Can a bro die in peace? But he didn't, did he? What did he say? Today, you will be with me in paradise. You notice what's a, that's a That's a loaded sentence. Notice what's in that sentence? Immediate. Personal. Abundant. Immediate. Today you will be with me. 
Personal. You, you will be with me. No, no across the room. No across the room. You're going to walk into paradise like a boss. Abundant. The dude asked for a kingdom, right? Asked for the kingdom. Jesus gave him paradise. Now, paradise is the kingdom, and kingdom is paradise. But, but Jesus upped the ante with, with, with how he described it. It's paradise. It's abundant. But you may be saying, ha, 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 paradise? Well, of course, paradise. They're dying on a cross. Anything is paradise compared to that, right? What's he talking about? Jesus is talking about his home. Jesus is talking about the home that he left to become a zygote in Mary's belly. He's talking about the home that he left to, to live 30-some-odd sinless years on this earth. The home that he left, that, that after he lived those sinless years, he died the death that we could not die. The home that he left to die the death that he could not die to be put in the grave that we were supposed to be put in. The home that he left to come out of the grave to resurrect, to be victorious over the grave. The home that he left, that he told his disciples, when I ascend, I am going to go back, back to my home and prepare a place for you. The same home that he talks about in Revelation when he talks to one of his main guys, John, many years later. The home that he said that I am, I am here preparing a city for my bride. For my bride. A city for my bride. Hey, fellas, 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 fellas. When you're going to have the woman species come and move in with you because you're getting married, what'd you do? You would look around your man home and go, whew, this ain't going to cut it. No crates for seats? Ain't going to cut it. Waiting for my sheets to disintegrate to change to a new one? Ain't going to cut it. Letting, letting pizza boxes walk off and clean themselves up ain't going to cut it. You get your home ready for the female species. What did Jesus do? He got a city ready for his bride. Maybe you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought Jesus was single while he lived on this earth. Yes, he was saving himself for his bride. Saving himself for his bride. The church, the people who have faith, and, and, and those of you that might be non-fans, just, just checking this thing out, saying, I'm far away from God, so that's not me. Look, that offer is for anybody and everybody. The offer of faith is for anybody and everybody. See, in that one sentence, in that one sentence, today, you will be with me in paradise, is all you need to know about the cross, about the grave, and about the resurrection. Because see, when we chase after our paradise, it's much like Hotel California. We are all prisoners here of our own device. Rerun in it. You can check out anytime you like. You can be tired of it and want to check out, but you can never leave. Theology in Hotel California, go figure, right? Look, 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 look. You can go in and we all have. And we all have. But we can't leave. We can want to. We can check out. But we can't leave. But see, 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 in that one sentence, that's all we need to know. Because Jesus, Jesus didn't stand outside at the gate yelling in. Hey, 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 you there with the sand. You. Hey, whatever your name is. You. Shame on you. I can't believe you did that. 
but hey, come on, follow me out of here. Jesus didn't do that, did he? His death, burial, and resurrection means that he came to the gate, busted through that gate, walked in like the boss that he is, and bent down and looked you in the eye. Said, hey, I love you. I'm tired of this for you. There's forgiveness. There's healing. There's righteousness. Put the sand down. Get up. Follow me out of here. See, we find out that our paradise is paradise hell. And he broke into paradise hell to rescue you out of it. And to rescue me out of it. See, where our paradise is, that's where our church, where our church is, that's where our paradise is. Jesus did this. Jesus did this so that we could live an abundant paradise, much like the picture of this church in Greece. Church on the beach. Church in paradise. He's offering abundant paradise. See that city? That city? Its pavement is gold. Its foundation, the best gems that we have on this earth. See, what we call priceless here is simply concrete and foundation there. But see, Jesus doesn't want us to wait for paradise. He has offered a fountain of water and milk and honey and wine that never stops so that we can satisfy the thirst that the desert causes. He offers a manna that will never go away to satisfy the hunger that the desert causes. He's offered abundant paradise. We just have to walk out of our mirage paradise, our paradise hell, and follow him. That's where hope, healing, Forgiveness, righteousness occurs. It's in faith in Jesus. You don't have to believe a whole list of things. This thief didn't. All he knew was that there was something to believe in with Jesus. For those of you this morning who consider yourself fans, you believe in Jesus and you're trying to hear and follow him, although imperfectly. Jesus rescued you for an abundant paradise each and every day through the ups and downs. Even in our downs, we can go, no, abundant paradise, abundant paradise. But he also rescued you for a reason. He rescued you to be his body. So that we're not yelling at the gate, hey, shame on you, come follow me to find Jesus. To walk in and go, Jesus loves you. And so do I. Follow me. Because Jesus left it to his church to be his visible body. To act the same way and do the same things that he did. But for some, those of you that are sitting here that's like, 
I'm back into this church thing. Or I'm new to this church thing. I'm not sure about Jesus. Not sure if I'm a fan, about, fan of God. Uh, I, I'm not sure about all of this. Will you accept the invite of Jesus leaning over and saying, please come follow me. Put down the sand. And follow me out of your paradise hell to find abundant paradise right here and right now for forever. There's going to be people around the back ready to talk and pray with you. Not stand at the gate and yell at you, but to walk straight into your paradise hell and lead you out of it. The only question is, will you accept the invite? The invite to abundant paradise. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your resurrection. I thank you for rescuing us out of our paradise hell. Of the place that we put ourselves in but we cannot escape from, you broke down the gate so that we can walk out. Help everyone here, every one of us, desire more and more and more the abundant paradise so that we follow you every day. It's your name we pray. Amen.